Grace, oh, there we go. Woo! Grace and peace to you this morning. It is good to be here and worship with you today. As we gather, I invite you to take two or three deep breaths, just a chance to center yourself in this place and in this space. Let us now prepare our hearts and minds to worship God. rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. <clears throat> when we are joyful and celebratory, God is there with us. when we suffer and feel hopeless, God is there with us. whether we feel triumphant or defeated, God is there with us. come, let us worship the God who is with us always.
You may be seated. Welcome to worship here at Westminster. We're thrilled that you're here. Whether you're a longtime member, maybe it's your first time back after a while, we're seeing more and more people each week step foot in the sanctuary, or a newcomer, we're really glad you're here. We have a number of special guests as well, folks that are here to represent all the worthy charities and organizations that you can contribute to as part of our Christmas fair. So if you're one of those, uh, you're our honored guest today, and we're glad you're here. You'll hear more about that later in the service. So that you can know who's worshiping around you, and so that we can have record of your presence here and your contact information if we don't have it, I encourage you to sign those attendance registers in the pews, pass them down and back. Just do that during the offertory, perhaps after you've passed the plate. Uh, one other thing I'll say is our 8.30 service is a quieter, more contemplative service, and that's a mask optional service for the vaccinated. So if that more suits your preferences, we encourage you to get up a little earlier, make a little extra coffee, and join us here at 8.30 any Sunday. Let's join together as one community in our community prayer. You'll find that in your bulletin. Shall we pray? In you, O oh God, we find refuge from our turbulent world. You remind us again and again that you are always with us. May we work each day to bear witness to your hope and your love. Continue to show us the path of life. Renew in us the strength, faith, and courage we need to persevere in our work for justice so that your will may be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. And our prayers continue in the quiet. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. In Christ, there is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Know that we have been set free. Know that we have been forgiven and be at peace. Amen. It says bidding prayer in your bulletin, but we're actually just going to share joys and concerns as we do most of the time. So if you have something you'd like to share, it helps us build one another up as a community and hold one, each, one another in prayer, whether it's a joy or a concern or something in between, just raise your hand and, and speak up when I call on you. Where's Joe? Yeah, Joe, go ahead. Congratulations to Joe, uh, a new granddaughter, named in honor of her husband who died recently, Eve, in honor of Steve. Lovely. Beautiful. Who else? Yeah, Lloyd. Thank you. Uh, look, yeah. Lloyd and Jane, we're thrilled to have you back. If you didn't hear, they've had some health challenges over this time, not COVID-related, and they're just giving thanks for all the great care this congregation, particularly their Deacon Bev Alexander, offered. And that's a testament and a testimony to the power of the Deacon ministry. So we're thrilled to have you back, and we're um, honored to have the deacons doing the work that they do. And know that we kept you in prayer that whole time. Others? Yeah, Lee. Oh, 
yes. Thank you. Thank you. Lee, <clears throat> Lee offers prayers for her son, Brendan, who he and his and two of his children have tested positive for COVID and, and his spouse is expecting next week, so they have to be separate for all of that. So reminder that we're not through this yet. So lots of prayers for you. Others? Barb. Prayers for a friend going through emotional struggles. Thank you for lifting that up. Sometimes we keep those quiet, but everything is fair game for prayer here. Did, yeah, Lindsay. About a week ago, you said. Oh. Lindsay lost her father a week ago, and as both parents in the last year and a half. So our hearts go out to you. I have one special one. I wonder if Diane Newman would come forward. This is a, a, this is a joy. This is a good one. A joy for her. It's mixed for those of us on the staff. Come on up, Diane. For the last over eight years, Diane has been the bookkeeper at, that, at this church. And uh, yeah, who is right? I mean, boy, God help us. Um, and she has done an absolutely marvelous job. And so we had a nice staff lunch last week to celebrate her. And there's a staff appreciation Sunday coming up in December, and she will be recognized then for all the diligent work she did during the pandemic. But I want to honor her here. We want to honor her here and now, having served us for over eight years, managing that delicate balance of being both a church member and a church staff member. Always there to answer a question, even when she technically wasn't on, answering emails from all over the place or calls from near and far. I saw her leave at least one service to go get something for somebody because they needed it. Always doing whatever it took and more to serve this church, a church that I know you love so dearly. So when Diane told us this summer that she was ready to retire from the position after she pried me off of her ankles, she... <laughs> She said, look, don't worry, I will see you through this year. I will get you to your next person and I'll help you through the transition. And that she has done. She trained a very temporary person we uh, were able to hire and now we have a new long-term person, long person coming this very week and she saw us through. You got us through to the end and we're so, so grateful for you. And I'm excited, I will say, and our prayer for you is, is the new chapter that's to come both in the life of this church, but also in the life of your family. Jeff, you get her back now. So for the travels, <laughs> he just doesn't want the attention. But, I, but it is a mighty sacrifice because all the odd hours Diane had to be the way, and now they get to take more trips together, spend more time together, and just have new things on the horizon. So before I pray, I wonder if you would join me in a hearty round of applause and thanks for that. She said, you, we can stop, we can stop. But I, the rule, well, what you don't know is I told them they have to clap once for every receipt you had to track down from the staff. So they got about halfway there. So will you join me in prayer? Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for your faithful servant, Diane Newman, and all of her faithful service to your church, for all the diligence and grace that she conducted herself with, for the care that she took in doing that work, for all the behind the scenes work that doesn't get attention week after week, but helps keep this organization thriving and operating well. We praise you for the gift that you've given us in her. Bless her now as a new chapter approaches, that new adventures might be in her path, that new possibilities might open up and that she could come to worship and not have to answer a single question. <laughs> oh God, we give great thanks for her and we offer all the prayers that we offered today in your name 
And we offer now the prayer that your son taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you so much. Oh, I guess, oh no, I'm not up, okay.
Amen. Wow. Boy, sure would be fun to see these three do a concert maybe sometime. Wouldn't that be? Yeah. I invite uh, our young ones forward for a time of discovery. I know kids are a little slow to coming back to church these days, but there's some here, so come on down. <clears throat> have a seat. Yeah, have a seat. Nice. All right. It's wonderful to see you here. I'm really happy to see you. Terrific. Well, we just had Halloween a little bit ago, so I'm going to ask you, let me ask you a question about that. If you like candy, point to your mouth. Not everybody. You, oh, okay. Okay, good. I was going to say. Now, um, let's see. Another holiday that's coming is Thanksgiving. Does anybody like turkey? If so, point to your ear. Actually, least, least favorite part of the plate, if you ask me, but that's a different sermon, okay? Um, now, Christmas is coming up. If you like getting presents, raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Yeah. In my family, we always open presents on Christmas Eve, which I know is technically a day early, but you don't notice that at the time. It just means you have to wait all day to open them. It was pretty tough for me as a kid. Well, uh, one of the reasons we give people gifts is because it's a way of showing them that we care about them. And it's a way to honor that friendship or love or relationship and tell them we appreciate them. We give them something. One of the other ways that we appreciate some, yeah, that's right, cat-like reflexes. Um, one of the other um, things we can do when we care about people, because uh, Jesus teaches us to care about other people, is give them things not just that they want, but that they need. And one of the traditions in this church is around Christmas time, not only do we give each other gifts, but as a church, we make an opportunity to go in and give some money towards a really important cause for people who need something. We call it the alternative Christmas fair. It's alternative, which means something other than something else. So instead of going to buy gifts for your friends in the other room in Finley Hall, today and next week, we have a chance for to go in as families and give money to some really important charities, which is our groups of people that help others, give them some money so they can help somebody this Christmas. Isn't that a great thing to do? So for example, the first one on there is, uh, is called the ALS group. That stands for a kind of way of being sick that's not very fun. But there's a group that comes together just to help those people find new medicines so that those people can feel better. Isn't that terrific? And part of what your family can do is give them money. Let's see, there's another one, the Marin City Senior Center. This is an amazing place. They've got this wonderful garden they're building. People at this church built a ramp so people could roll wheelbarrows or wheelchairs up there to work in the garden, grow fresh fruit, food for people who need it. Your family can go and give money to that and help make that happen. That's amazing, isn't it? So I hope this week and next week, after you're done in Sunday school, you say to your parents or your loved ones who brought you here, hey, let's go to the alternative Christmas fair because that's part of what Jesus wants us to do too. Okay, could we say a prayer? Let's pray. Dear God, thanks for Christmas and all the fun stuff it brings. But help us to remember to also do something this time of year that helps others. Amen. Yeah, thank you. Who's? Oh, peace. Go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere you Our first scripture reading this morning is Psalm 16. Listen for how the Spirit may be speaking to you through these words. Protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the holy ones in the land, they are the noble, in whom is all my delight. Those who choose another God multiply their sorrows. 
Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names upon my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me because God is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol or let your faithful ones see the pit. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Our second reading this morning is from Mark's Gospel. As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be? And what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. When you hear of wars, wait, nope, many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. This too is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. It's thought that Mark's gospel, which was the first gospel to be written, was probably written around the year 70. And that's important because that was a really hard time to be a follower of Jesus. They were getting persecuted by the Roman government. Many of their early charismatic leaders like Peter and Paul were gone. And then there were other false leaders trying to lure them away from following Jesus. Many of Jesus' followers had been certain that Jesus was going to return again in their lifetime, but he hadn't. So many were beginning to question their very faith. And then to top it all off, the temple in Jerusalem is destroyed. And so it's easy to understand why some of these early followers of Jesus may have been thinking that the world was ending, at least the world as they knew it. And it was into all of this chaos that Mark wrote his gospel. And so when we hear these words today, it's probably understandable why they sound perhaps a little apocalyptic. You know, they really are serving two purposes. One, Jesus in his own time is trying to prepare his disciples for what's going to happen, the major changes that are going to take place following his upcoming death. And then Mark, 40 years later, is trying again to prepare Jesus' followers for big changes, for difficult times that they are facing in their lives. I tell you, at first glance, Jesus' words surely seemed to signal that the end of the world might actually be coming. This is what Jesus says. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. Like, Gee whiz, Jesus, thank you for pointing out how horrible the world is right now. You hear this and think, oh, this doesn't seem very hopeful. 
But in fact, Jesus actually is, with these words, trying to give hope, to bring hope into a very difficult time. Listen to what else he says. He says, when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. He says, the end is still to come. Yes, it may feel like the world is ending, but it's not. Do not be alarmed. We still have a lot of living left to do. And then he finishes the very end of this passage by saying, this is but the beginning of the birth pangs. Jesus is very clear that life is going to be difficult, both individually and communally. So difficult, in fact, that it may feel like we are going through labor pains. But that means that something new is about to be birthed. No, the end of the world is not here. Instead, this is the old passing away, and the new is coming. Look to the future, not with hopelessness, but with hope, not with despair, but joy. This is but the beginning. I don't know about you, but I hear these words a little differently after having lived through a worldwide pandemic these last many months. Now, there have been times where it certainly felt like the world was ending, at least the world as we knew it. This has been a really hard time. You know, jobs have been lost. Loved ones have died. There is no way to sugarcoat these last many months. It has been a struggle. And yet, in the midst of all of these difficult birth pangs, I have heard many of you thinking about what might be birthed anew as you have had this pandemic experience. Now, I know several of you have mentioned to me that you have actually really appreciated having a little more time in your calendars, right? A little space to breathe as so many of our usual activities have been canceled. And I wonder, I wonder how we might continue to make extra space and extra time for rest, for breathing, even as things now are starting to get back to normal, whatever normal might be. I've also heard many of you have a renewed appreciation for the relationships in your life. You know, this appreciation comes both in the ways that you haven't been able to be with people who are important to you, and also in the ways that you have managed to stay connected, even though we have had to be isolated from one another. And I wonder again, now that things are getting more back to normal, how might we continue to prioritize our relationships and not start taking them for granted? Now, in the midst of these difficult birth pangs, how will we choose to birth new life? And I use that word choose specifically because it is a choice, right? We may choose to return right back to our extra crammed, very busy schedules. We may choose to return to taking some people in our life for granted, maybe reaching out to them only when it's convenient. Or we could choose to be changed, to do things differently, to reprioritize. In her book, See No Stranger, and this is the book here, Valerie Kaur talks about these choices following another end-of-the-world event, which were the attacks on 9-11. And she talks about how the United States might have chosen to birth something new versus what actually happened following these attacks. And this is what she has to say. She says, before Americans even had time to process our shock and count our dead, our energies had been redirected for war. On the very night of the attacks, a war on terrorism was declared and divided the world into us and them. You are either with us or against us. Cora reflects, 
In those first days after the attacks, the world as a whole poured its goodwill into us, despite any grievances with the United States. What if we hadn't squandered that goodwill? What would have happened if we had used that outpouring of love as a balm for the wound? We could have grieved with our fellow Americans, not just the ones who looked like us, but also the ones who looked like the people we feared. We could have grieved with people around the world and drawn connections between their suffering and ours. We could have expanded our sense of who counts as us beyond what anyone had previously experienced. Today we might have remembered 9-11 as the tragedy that initiated an era of global cooperation rather than global war. So in the psalm that we heard today, the psalmist sings that God shows him the path of life. And truly, God shows each one of us the path of life. The question is, do we choose to take that path? Now, Valerie Kaur certainly thinks that following 9-11, the United States did not choose the path of life. And she really feels there was a chance to choose a path of love and relationship and reconciliation. And instead, we chose division and fear and hatred. It was a choice. Now, I think the US faced another one of those end of the world times filled with birth pangs. And that would be after the killing of George Floyd in the summer of 2020. You know, after the death, the unnecessary, needless death of yet another black person in this country, and following the protests and unrest that came after that, again, we as a country, we as individuals, had a choice to make. Would we choose the path of life? Would we finally choose to put an end to the systemic racism that has plagued our country from the very beginning? Now, I think as a country, we still have a lot of work to do. I don't know if we seized on the opportunity to end injustice like we could have. Actually, I do know. I know we didn't seize on the opportunity. But I did see individuals and smaller community groups really making the choice to follow that path of life and to make choices of love and reconciliation and take steps to end the injustice. I want to give you one very, very small example of something that came about that summer of 2020. The song that we're going to hear after the sermon is written by a band named Lady A. Now, until June of 2020, their name was Lady Antebellum and they chose to change their name to Lady A. And I want to read you the statement that they put out about that name change. Again, this is a band made up of three white people. And they said, after much personal reflection, band discussion, prayer, many honest conversations with some of our closest black friends and colleagues, we have decided to drop the word antebellum from our name. When we set out together almost 14 years ago, we named our band after the southern antebellum style home where we took our first photos. As musicians, it reminded us of all the music born in the South that influenced us. But we are regretful and embarrassed to say that we did not take into account the associations that weigh down this word referring to the period of history before the Civil War, which includes slavery. We understand that many of you may ask the question, why have you not made this change until now? The answer is that we can make no excuse for our lateness to this realization. What we can do is acknowledge it, turn from it, and take action. This is just one step. There are countless more that need to be taken. We are committed to examining our individual and collective impact and making the necessary changes to practice anti-racism. Our next outward step will be a donation to an equal justice initiative. 
Our prayer is that if we lead by example, with humility, love, empathy, and action, we can be better allies to those suffering from spoken and unspoken injustices. So they understood that their name was causing harm, and they took steps to change it. They understood that this realization came much too late, and they still had their own work to do, so they took steps to educate themselves. They donated, they actually established a scholarship fund that supports students who attend historically black universities and colleges. Now, you could argue they should have never had that name in the first place. And in fact, the very process of changing their name, if you know the story, was not without controversy. So this is not a perfect example, but it is an example of how one might take one very small step to the path of life, to the abundant love and justice that God desires for us all. Now you may be wondering, how in the world do I do that, right? When it feels like the world is ending, when those birth pangs are so intense, when it feels like my enemies are all around me, how do I choose the path of life? Well, again, in the song I mentioned that we're going to hear in just a moment, the chorus goes like this. The chorus says, the world keeps spinning faster into a new disaster. So I run to you. When it all starts coming undone, you're the only one I run to. Now I acknowledge that Lady A is probably singing about a significant other, not about God. But they could be singing about God, right? And in fact, <laughs> I know, you actually changed some lyrics because you think the same thing. They could be singing about God. When I hear this song, I imagine that they are singing about God, and my gosh, it is good advice they give, right? When the world spins into a new disaster, run to God. When it all starts coming undone, run to God. God will show us that path of life each and every time. The psalmist reminds us, God shows us the fullness of joy each and every time. Run to God. So the quote on the front cover of your bulletin is from the late actor Christopher Reeve. Now you may remember that he had a tragic horse accident which left him paralyzed from the neck down. Now talk about feeling like your world is ending. But he did not give in to hopelessness or to despair. He chose the path of life. The quote says, once you choose hope, anything is possible. Now, lest you think his life was really easy or it all became rainbows and unicorns, it did not. Because Reeve is also quoted as saying, in the morning, I need 20 minutes to cry to say this really sucks, to allow the feeling of loss to be acknowledged. You know, I hear that and I think only 20 minutes? How about 20 hours a day after something tragic like that has happened in your life? You know, there is no time frame on grief and loss and sorrow and struggle. We need to take all the time that we need to get through those birth pangs. But then, says Reeve, after he has his cry every morning, he then tells himself, and now forward. And now forward. Forward on the path of life forward to what new is being birthed, forward with God, the God who brings hope in the midst of hopelessness, who brings joy in the midst of despair, not instead of, in the midst of. May we choose that path of life each and every time. Amen.
sing the doxology together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. seated. As always, I point you to the information that you'll find in your bulletin, on the website, on the weekly e-news. If you're not getting that in your email inbox, check your spam box, and then contact the office. We're happy to add you to the list. I will highlight just a few today. As you heard earlier during the time of discovery, today is the first Sunday of our, our, our easy for me to say. <laughs> the Alternative Christmas Fair. I'm holding up um, one of the gift order forms. You can think of this as, as God's Christmas list. So make sure we make good on some of those requests. That's in Finley Hall, which is just right through these doors into the next, into our community building, the next building there. And you can uh, take a sampling of what's happening there and, and make contributions accordingly. Before Christmas, of course, is Thanksgiving, as I mentioned to our young folks as well, and there's another chance to serve there, too. The residents of Voyager Carmel are those who live with significant mental health disabilities. And one of the things this congregation has been doing for a long time is to provide meals for them on Thanksgiving. Think of what a gift that is to people who maybe not, don't have the kind of family you have to go to for the kind of celebration that many of us will have. So there are all kinds of different ways that you can volunteer to make that happen. Preparing the food, serving the food, dining with those folks, it's a really sacred thing. If you'd like to learn more about it, and especially if you've never done it before, I invite you to see Randy Heiser. This is Randy right over here, waving. If you can't track Randy down after the service, look for one of the folks in the funny robes and we'll point you in the right direction. But there are lots of ways to volunteer and there's almost nothing more precious than giving on a holiday, helping that holiday make uh, feel special for someone else. Finally, I want to invite you to return to church at 3 o'clock today. Today is a really special day in the life of this church. Brooke Scott will be ordained to ministry. She's accepted the call to two congregations uh, in the area, and today will be her service of ordination. So that's at 3 o'clock right here. I know that Brooke would love to see you here, and we would look forward to having you as well. And with that, we rise and body our spirit for our closing hymn number 450.
as we go from this place know that the love of God, who is our creator, Jesus Christ, our redeemer, the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, goes with us now and always. Amen.